I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Students at the University of Washington were offered a new course last month entitled Calling Bullshit in the Age of Big Data. For the past couple of decades, week in and week out, I've been calling bullshit for this publication and so was delighted to hear my favourite pastime had made it into academia. While this course is limited to spotting bullshit in numbers, there's an equal need for one spotting it in words, especially words used in business. What follows is an outline for a rival course aimed to fill that gap. It starts with a definition. Bullshit means nonsense usually of a puffed-up variety that pretends to be something it's not. Sharp eyes will spot at once the difficulty in applying this to corporate life. Almost everything fits the description. Before I've even got inside my office, I've tripped over a yellow plastic sign saying, Caution, wet floor, which is bullshit because usually the floor is not wet, and if it were, the picture of someone falling spectacularly is wildly overdoing it. The first rule about calling corporate bullshit is not to do it too assiduously or you'll go insane. I've learnt to ignore 95% of it and of the remainder ask myself two questions. What is the quality and how damaging is it? I've gone through dozens of examples of bullshit that have come my way in the past couple of days and picked three that are worth calling. The first is a branding document produced for a new Pepsi logo in 2008, which was resuscitated last week on Twitter, with diagrams comparing the Earth's magnetic fields to Pepsi energy fields and text that reads, The Pepsi DNA finds its origin in the dynamic of perimeter oscillations. It is grade A, unadulterated BS. But on the second question, whether it was damaging, the answer is no. Pepsi changed its logo and carried on selling its brown sugar water round the world willy-nilly. Even so, bullshit like this deserves to be called, both for its exceptional quality and because doing so might encourage its perpetrators to have a dark night of the soul in which they wonder what on earth they're up to. Exhibit 2 is a document from Deliveroo on its preferred language for describing the poor sods who cycle round with other people's smelly takeaways on their backs. The memo bans employees, replacing it with independent suppliers, and forbids pay and hiring, preferring invoices and onboarding instead. On the quality measure, this bullshit is tame. Independent supplier and invoice are innocuous and onboarding, though regrettable as a gerund, especially with no boat in sight, is so common there's little point in protesting. But on the measure of harm, Deliveroo's memo is wicked. It knows that if people used the ordinary words employee and hire, they might make the mistake of thinking they were due ordinary things like holidays and sick pay, 
which Deliveroo doggedly denies them. The third example comes from Jim Norton, who has the delightfully bullshitty title of Chief Business Officer, President of Revenue at Condé Nast. Last week, he outlined his new strategy to all staff in a memo that began, Team, and proceeded with a stream of corporate nonsense about playbooks and journeys and wide arrays of differentiated solutions. It glossed over sackings as hard personnel decisions, only to declare the new corporate plan, Condé Nast One. For companies to claim themselves one is standard bullshit. It's a cliché and a lie, given the inevitable number of vested interests in any organisation. If Mr Norton were in the motor trade or banking, I might have let this pass. Yet Condé Nast publishes Vanity Fair and The New Yorker, where standards of editing are so exacting that one of the latter's editor has written a whole book based on the correct placement of a comma. Mr Norton may well bang on about the heritage of quality journalism, but had he asked his staff to edit his battle cry, we will all transition this business together, they would surely have told him transition was ugly as a verb, but as a transitive verb was a monster. He did not ask. What his staff did instead was read the memo, call it, and forward it to me.